1: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. Coming up this hour.
2: Apple joins the list of companies putting a lid on hiring.
1: IBM shares drop on earnings. Netflix reports today.
2: President Biden is said to be considering declaring a climate emergency.
1: And gas prices fall for a 35th straight day, hitting a two-month low.
3: A massive thunderstorm and flooding rains wreak havoc on parts of the city. I'm John Tucker. That story straight ahead. I'm John Stashower
4: in sports. Pete Alonso dethroned. Juan Soto won the home run derby in L.A. where the
5: All-Star game takes place tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
2: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen
1: Moscow and U.S. Stock Index Futures are higher this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, SP futures are up fifteen points. Dow futures up eighty-four. Nasdaq futures up about fifty-one. The DAX in Germany is down half percent. The ten year treasury that'll change yield two point nine eight percent. And the yield on the two year three point one five percent. Nathan.
2: Karen, we begin this morning with a growing number of of companies clamping down on hiring. It's a trend showing up in firms from tech to banking. Let's get more live from
6: Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Bloomberg sources say Apple is putting a lid on hiring to limit spending. Leaders have not adopted a company-wide policy, but this more cautious approach mimics moves by Amazon and Microsoft. And it's more evidence that even Silicon Valley is worried about an impending recession. Now, Goldman Sachs also plans to slow hiring to rein in expenses cfo dennis coleman says goldman could also reduce the pace of replacing staff it loses because of attrition and will reinstate annual performance reviews live in new york i'm renita young bloomberg daybreak
1: all right, Renita, thank you. Well, we're also seeing a tepid outlook from another big name in tech. Shares of IBM are down more than 5% in early trading. The company is lowering forecasts for free cash flow this year due to the impact of a strong dollar and the loss of business in Russia. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet has more.
7: The revision overshadowed results that topped analyst estimates, signaling that demand for mainframe computers, consulting, and cloud services remains strong amid concerns of a pullback in tech spending. IBM said it estimates free cash flow of $10 billion this year at the low end of a previous range of $10 to $10.5 billion. Chief Financial Officer Jim Kavanaugh said the reduced range is not a result of a broader business slowdown. In New York, Charlie Pellet,
2: Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Earnings continue to roll in with 10 companies in the S&P 500 reporting today. This afternoon, we hear from Netflix. Bloomberg's Tom Busby has a preview. Well, the keeper investors will be subscriber losses for the second
8: quarter, which the streaming giant predicted could total 2 million in its previous earnings report in April when it announced its first ever subscriber losses. Also of note, whether the blowout success of the latest season of Stranger Things may have helped Netflix keep some subscribers, and its new crackdown on password sharing now in effect in five Latin American markets. Bloomberg Consensus calls for earnings per share of $2.91. Revenues of just over $8 billion. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. All
1: right, Tom, thank you. Now to the latest in Twitter's legal dispute with Elon Musk. Twitter is dismissing Musk's complaints that he doesn't have enough information about spam and robot accounts. The company calls it an irrelevant sideshow and wants a judge to hold a trial as soon as possible over Musk's cancellation of his $44 billion takeover.
2: Bitcoin is on the rise this morning, Karen, but it's off its highs for the day. In fact, earlier, Bitcoin almost hit 23,000. The cryptocurrency has struggled to escape a nineteen to 22,000 range as investors lick their wounds from the recent rout. Martin Chavez from Sixth Street Partners says the time has come to finally regulate the crypto market.
9: Regrettably, we usually wait until some calamity uh, before there is regulation. And the question is always, Um, Was this calamity big enough or does there need to be another leg down uh, before we have the appropriate regulation?
2: Sixth Street Partners partner Martin Chavez made the comments in an interview on Bloomberg Television. And we'll have more on the future of Bitcoin throughout the day as the Bloomberg Crypto Summit gets underway in New York.
1: Well, Nathan, turning to the global economy now, pressure is building on the European Central Bank. Sources say the ECB may consider raising interest rates by more than expected this week because of the worsening inflation backdrop. Sources say the Central Bank may raise rates by 50 basis points on Thursday. That's double the 25-point hike it outlined just last month.
2: Well, back here in the U.S., Karen, prices at the pump continue to drop. In fact, gas prices have fallen for 35 straight days, hitting a two-month low. AAA says the nationwide average is just below 4.50 a gallon. Prices have fallen more than 10 percent since hitting a record last month.
1: Well, Nathan, climate change is in focus at the White House. President Biden is reportedly considering declaring a climate emergency as soon as this week. Details now from Bloomberg's Amy Morris from our 991 newsroom in Washington.
10: Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon says climate legislation has no chance to get through Congress. Instead, he says the president should use the full powers of the executive branch to declare an emergency, which would give him the authority to redirect funds for clean energy projects or restrict offshore drilling and could even curtail the transport of fossil fuels. And now sources are telling The Washington Post that Biden is expected to announce additional actions aimed at curbing emissions as soon as this week. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris. Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thanks. Let's
2: turn to Capitol Hill now where computer chips are in focus. The Senate wants to quickly pass $52 billion in grants and incentives for American semiconductor makers. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says Democrats and Republicans are hashing out the final details. The legislation is a scaled down version of a larger bill intended to make the U.S. technology sector more competitive with China.
1: While Nathan's supply chain issues are also in focus this morning, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is calling on so-called trusted U.S. allies to help fix the supply chain. Speaking in South Korea, Yellen called on U.S. partners to strengthen trade relationships with what she calls friend-shoring. Friend-shoring is about deepening relationships and diversifying our supply chains with a greater number of trusted trading partners. The purpose is to lower risks for our economy and theirs. And Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen singled out China as a country on which the U.S. and others should be less reliant. Your local headlines straight ahead, and this is Bloomberg.
2: Thanks, Karen. It's 507 on Wall Street. We're at 74 degrees in Central Park and dealing with an accident investigation. Eastbound Belt Parkway is closed by Pennsylvania Avenue. Details coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John.
3: And good morning to you, Nathan. A powerful thunderstorm swept over New York City yesterday afternoon, swamping highways, flooding train lines, and casting the evening commute into sudden disarray. <laughs> The rain caused a massive sinkhole to open up in the Bronx and swallow a van. Officials closed the northbound lanes of the Major Deacon Expressway in the Bronx. That's because of flooding. The Metro-North commuter railroad system suspended trains on the New Haven line in and out of Grand Central. New York City has completed the first phase of a $1.45 billion project to fortify a section of Lower Manhattan along the East River that was devastated by Hurricane Sandy back in 2012. The Eastside Coastal Resiliency Project, scheduled to be completed in 2026, will elevate parkland along the East River, stretching 2.4 miles. Temperatures in the UK are set to hit a record today as a heat wave disrupts travel, schools and businesses and also poses a risk to lives across that country. The temperature most likely will exceed 104 degrees Fahrenheit across eastern England. The January 6th committee will be extending its inquiry. That story in this report this morning from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter.
5: Chair Benny Thompson says information keeps coming in. He says it includes a Secret Service tax. first. He says the committee will put out a scaled-back interim report in September, which is when it was scheduled to end. He says now he will not predict a date when the final report would be issued. The committee will hold another public hearing Thursday, and then Thompson says they will decide where to go from there. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. A Republican lawmaker in New Jersey drafting legislation to punish towns
3: that ignore a state law by giving public workers payouts of more than $15,000 for unused sick time. Taxpayers could save millions of dollars if the legislation is approved. And it will take almost a lifetime or seven decades for U.S. colleges and universities to achieve racial parity among its freshman classes. That, according to a new study by McKinsey and Company, enrollment among black and Native American students declined in some cases, according to the study. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts of more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is
2: Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, John. Almost 5.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stancho. All
4: right, good morning, Nathan. It's ironic that Juan Soto won the Home Run Derby in Los Angeles because he is very much in the news. The 23-year-old star of the Washington Nationals just rejected a contract offer of 15 years and $440 million. And the Nats who'd been saying they were not going to trade Soto are now entertaining trade offers. The Mets and Yankees are both believed to be interested. Soto's under his current contract until after the 2024 season. By winning the Derby, Soto earned $1 million. He beat Seattle's Julio Rodriguez in the final. He won a half million as a rookie. He only makes 700000 from the Mariners. The 21-year-old Rodriguez put on a show in the first two rounds with 63 home runs. Semifinal losers were the Mets' Pete Alonzo, the two-time defending champ, and 42-year-old Albert Pujols, who was in the field in this, the final season of his Hall of Fame career. Clayton Kershaw headed to Cooperstown someday. Surprisingly, he's never started an All-Star game before. He'll be on the mound for the National League tonight in his home park. One and two to Peter. Uh, Tampa Bay Shane McClanahan starts for the American League. There are six Yankees on the AL roster. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton will start in the outfield. Garrett Cole will not pitch since he pitched on Sunday, but you could see Clayton H- uh, Holmes or Nestor Cortez, and Jose Trevino is the backup catcher. The Mets' Jeff McNeil. The NL starting second baseman. Soccer in Mexico. U.S. women who lost to Canada last summer's Olympics beat them one nothing on Alex Morgan. Penalty kick that clinches a U.S. spot in the
2: 2024 Olympics. John Stash, yeah, we're Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. S&P futures are up 18 points right now. DAF futures up 98. NASDAQ futures are higher by 53 points. Ten-year treasury is up 230 seconds. The yield 2.97%. Yield on the two-year right now, 3.15. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny and hot today. We're getting into a heat wave with highs today, tomorrow, and the next day into the mid-90s. Right now, 74 in Central Park.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. And futures this morning are on the rise while European shares are lower and European government bonds flip to losses from gains after we reported the European Central Bank may consider raising interest rates on Thursday by double the quarter point outlined previously. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, s and p futures are up about 18 points, Dow futures up 95, and NASDAQ futures up 53. The DAX in Germany is down four-tenths of up The ten-year Treasury is up two thirty seconds, yield two point nine seven percent. Yield on the two-year three point one four percent. Nymex crude oil is down six tenths percent, or sixty five cents, at one hundred one dollars ninety five cents a barrel. Comex gold is little change at seventeen ten forty an ounce. The euro one point oh two two three against the dollar. British pound one point two zero zero four, and the yen one thirty seven point six six. And Bitcoin this morning up one point six percent at twenty one thousand eight hundred thirty dollars. Today we're watching for reports on housing starts and building permits at 8 30 wall street time and netflix is among companies scheduled to report earnings today that's a bloomberg business flash now here's john tucker with more on what's going on around the world john
3: and good morning karen senate democrats urging the white house to declare a climate emergency the house committee investigating the january 6 attack on the capitol which had planned to finish its inquiry by september will instead keep operating beyond that China vowing to take a resolute and strong response to any Taiwan visit by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Sports, the Washington National Superstar Juan Soto wins the Home Run Derby at Major League Baseball All-Star Game global news 24 hours a day on air in a Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan.
2: Okay, John, thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And let's get back to the story that sent tech stocks tumbling yesterday. Apple is reportedly joining the list of mega cap tech firms that are putting the brakes on hiring and spending. Let's bring in Alex Webb for more on This Bloomberg Quick Take anchor, tech columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Alex, good morning.
11: What kind of a slowdown could we be looking at here for Apple? It's really an an inflation story. We've seen uh, the other tech stocks, which are fundamentally ad tech, the likes of Google and Facebook or Meta and, and Twitter, free some hiring and that's because when there's an economic slowdown the first thing that gets hit is marketing budget so we've seen that piece this is more about inflation because of course apple's in the business of selling thousand dollar a piece electronic devices if people don't have as much disposable income or their their coffers are getting slightly squeezed you know the ability to spend that sort of money gets gets diminished now we should put this in a little bit of context the report from from our colleague mark german doesn't say that it's a hiring freeze across the board. It's that in some departments, they will not be able to hire as many perhaps as they had hoped before. Some clearly are going to have complete hiring freezes. So it's clearly reflecting a little bit of skittishness in the market. Stock was hit to the tune of about 2% yesterday that they are concerned that Apple won't be able to carry on the same trajectory it has been.
2: Is this just an inflation story or is this a story that uh, Apple may have perhaps uh, done a little bit too much spending when
11: uh, it and other tech companies were flying high during the pandemic? Well, I think we see plenty of companies, not just in the tech space, using the, any sort of economic slowdown as an excuse to maybe trim some of the fat, to, to say to, they, it's quite good to cover to, to reduce some of your costs, even if it isn't entirely necessary. Clearly, it, negotiations with Labour representatives are not quite as great a concern in the US as they are in Europe, but it, it, it is something that we see a lot of companies doing.
2: Now, we should say that uh, as Mark Gurman is reporting here, this is expected to be a hiring and spending slowdown, not necessarily a hiring and spending cut on the way. But is this something we should be looking for from Apple, actual pullbacks,
11: actual cuts to hiring? I I think that – Anything of that... Look, Apple is still in the business of trying to find the next big thing, as it has been for so many years now, and it is throwing a lot of money at projects such as its autonomous car and uh its smart glasses, however they end up looking. And we have seen cuts in some of those projects historically. Now, Apple is not in the business of telling people what they're doing with headcount. Uh, they tend to keep their cards pretty close to their chest. They like to talk about products. So uh, anything that does come out on that front will be dependent upon the um, uh, the, num- you know, the reporting that happens. And it's easy to forget, of course, the lion's share of Apple's employees are in their retail outlets around the world. So you know, trims and and increases there, it's quite hard to see anything meaningful in the core business in terms of R and D, products at the HQ, reflected in the the headcount numbers which they report at the end of the year.
2: And, of course, this news for Apple comes as we get into the heart of big tech earnings season uh, in earnest, really, this week. What are you looking for in terms
11: of uh, potentially other spending slowdowns in the reports to come? There's going to be a lot of focus on Netflix that will report later today. Uh, the, the street's looking for any sort of good news with the mar- with the analyst expectations of 2 million fewer subscribers than than in the previous calendar quarter. That does also mean, then... There are going to be questions asked about what's going to happen with Netflix's spending on content. Does it need to be expanding spending on content in order to attract new users or actually is it more sort of structural issues? The way, the way they release their content. For instance, Stranger Things, rather than just dumping the whole series in one go on, on its service, it's broken it into two. Now the upside of that is that potentially it reduces churn, i.e. the number of subscribers who cancel their subscription um, once they've seen all the shows they want to see. If you spread out the releases a little bit, then um, that provides perhaps an opportunity to keep subscribers around. So the spending story at Netflix will be particularly pertinent given the direction of travel um, when you look at its subscriber numbers.
2: Yeah, we'll be looking forward to those uh, Netflix earnings after the closing bell. And as we uh, continue to watch shares of Apple this morning, following that news from our Mark Gurman that uh, they're looking to uh, slow hiring and spending, Apple shares are actually higher by a half percent in the pre market after that drop yesterday of two uh, percent at the close. Alex Webb of Bloomberg Opinion and Bloomberg Quick Take, thanks again for being with us this morning as we uh, continue to digest that news and look ahead to uh, more earnings from the tech sector in the next week or so. Looking ahead to the market open, uh, futures are on the rise. In fact, uh, session highs uh, this morning with S&P futures right now up 23 points. Dow futures up 137. NASDAQ futures are higher this morning by 72 points. Right now, the 10-year Treasury is up one thirty second for a yield of 2.98 percent yield on the two-year 3.15. NYMEX screwed up 7 tenths percent or 70 cents, $101.00. 90 cents a barrel. Much more to come. Stay with us. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Sunny and hot today with highs in the low 90s. We'll be in the mid 90s tomorrow and Thursday with a few afternoon showers and storms by Thursday. Right now, 73 in Central Park. It's 530 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with a growing number of companies putting a clamp down on hiring. It's a trend showing up in firms from tech to banking. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen.
6: Apple is joining its fellow tech giants and putting a lid on hiring. Bloomberg sources say Apple wants to limit spending and job growth at some of its divisions, but has not adopted a company. Company-wide policy. This more cautious approach mimics moves by Amazon and Microsoft. Meantime, Goldman Sachs also plans to slow hiring to rein in expenses. CFO Dennis Coleman says Goldman could also reduce the pace of replacing staff it loses because of attrition and will reinstate annual performance reviews. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Renita, thank you. Well, sticking with tech, the war of words continues between Twitter and Elon Musk. The company calls Musk's complaints about spam and robot accounts an irrelevant sideshow. It wants a trial soon over Musk's cancellation of his takeover.
1: Well, turning to earnings, Nathan, shares of IBM are down almost 5% in early trading. That's after lowering forecasts for free cash flow this year.
2: In crypto markets this morning, Karen, Bitcoin continues its rise, nearly touching 23,000. Sheila Warren, Crypto Innovation Council CEO, has more on the recent rally.
6: I know that we're waiting for a calamity. I find that a bit dramatic. I mean, I think we've seen a number of cycles and waves in this industry. And I've been in this space for seven years now, and this is not the first time we've seen a big crash followed by a quick rally. And I think that we are starting to see a little bit of that rally start to happen and more consumer confidence in these alternative assets.
2: Crypto Innovation Council CEO Sheila Warren spoke with Emily Chang on Bloomberg Technology. Catch Emily's daily Bloomberg Tech podcast weeknights wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Well, overseas today, Nathan, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is taking aim at Beijing. She's singling out China as a country on which the U.S. and others should be less reliant. We cannot allow countries like
6: China to use their market position in key raw materials, technologies, or products to disrupt our economy or exercise unwanted geopolitical leverage.
1: Speaking in South Korea, Treasury Secretary Yellen also called on trusted U.S. allies to help fix supply chain issues.
2: And in Europe, Karen, government bonds flipped to losses in response to headlines from the European Central Bank. Sources tell Bloomberg the ECB may now consider a half-point rate hike at this week's policy meeting. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 533 on Wall Street, 73 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with the accident investigation has eastbound Belt Parkway closed at Pennsylvania Avenue. More coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. John.
3: And Nathan, Senate Democrats are urging the White House to declare a climate emergency. Such a move could give President Biden broad executive authority to redirect funds for clean energy projects, restrict offshore oil drilling, It comes as Democrats dismiss any optimism that a climate change package could be moved swiftly through Congress in September. A funding agreement has been reached for the multi billion dollar redevelopment of New York's aging Penn Station. That story this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger.
9: It is the country's busiest rail hub and in dire need of renovation. The plan would create new commercial and residential buildings around the station, with those buildings' developers getting to make payments in lieu of taxes for a period of 40 to 45 years. The amount collected in excess of existing property taxes would be applied to the project. The plan calls for a large single-level train hall with higher ceilings and a 450-foot-long skylight to replace the current cramped, windowless interior. Jeff Bellinger. Bloomberg Daybreak.
3: And House Speaker Nancy Pelosi planning to make a landmark visit to Taiwan next month. That story from Bloomberg's Amy Morris.
10: The Financial Times reports Pelosi will lead a delegation to Taipei in August. It comes despite Chinese warnings that the trip could escalate tensions between Washington and Beijing. At the same time, there are talks by top aides to President Biden and Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping in preparation for a possible conversation between the two leaders. China has ramped up military activity around Taiwan to signal its displeasure with past high-profile visits. No sitting U.S. speaker has visited Taiwan since Newt Gingrich traveled to the island in 1997. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris. Bloomberg Daybreak.
3: Relatives of September 11th victims are urging Donald Trump to cancel a live golf tournament scheduled for the end of this month at the former president's Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey. The tournament, part of the Saudi Finance Live Golf Series, is set for July 29th. As a presidential candidate, Trump himself had raised the issue of Saudi involvement in the attacks, something later confirmed by an FBI probe. And U.S. retail gasoline prices falling below $4.50 a gallon for the first time since mid-May, starting to ease pressure at the pump for millions of Americans. The nationwide average, $4.49 a gallon, according to data released this morning by AAA. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Zucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan.
2: Thanks, John. 5.36 on Wall Street. John Stash Hours. the Bloomberg Sports Update.
4: Thanks, Nathan. Baseball all-star game tonight. Dodgers staying in with a home run derby last night. Seven guys in their 20s plus 42-year-old Albert Pujols is in the final season of his career. He upset. Top seed Kyle Schwarber in overtime, but then lost to Juan Soto, who then knocked off Seattle rookie Julio Rodriguez in the final. Rodriguez literally half Pujols' age. He was amazing on well, the first two rounds, belting out 32 and 31 homers. He dethroned the Mets. Pete Alonzo in the semis. Alonso denied a home run derby 3 Pete. The 23-year-old Soto wins a million dollars just after he rejected a contract offer from Washington for Four hundred and forty million over fifteen years, ESPN reported last night. The Nationals are expected to now trade Soto before the upcoming deadline, and the Mets and Yankees are both believed to be interested. Three Mets, six Yankees on the All Star rosters for the game tonight. Aaron Judd got the most votes.
5: That's that's a pretty big honor. It shows that you know a lot of fans support you and um You know, I wouldn't wouldn't be here without their constant support, you know, motivating me to go out there and do my best. You know, they're they're who I play for. You know, it's the fans, you know, always. You know, I want to go out there and... you know, leave it all on the field for them. So, you know, being a top vote uh that's a pretty special honor. Starting
4: pitchers tonight, Tampa Bay, Shane McClanahan for the American League, Clayton Kershaw for the NL in his home park. The day after the sons of former big leaguers Matt Holliday and Andrew Jones were taken 1-2 overall in the draft, Mark McGuire's son was drafted in the eighth round by the Phillies. He's a high school pitcher in California.
2: He may instead go to college at Oklahoma. John Stash Allen, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg Scott Carr
8: rental rates for retail space in Manhattan are beginning to stabilize even as retail leasing activity has been on the upswing. That's according to the latest Manhattan Retail Figures report from CBRE. New York Business Journal reports retail leasing deals continue to grow by double digits throughout this year's second quarter. New Jersey has surpassed 4 gigawatts or 4 billion watts of installed solar power. The New Jersey Board of Public Utilities says that's enough to provide electricity to over half a million New Jersey households annually. The agency says there are now more than 157,000 solar installations statewide. As part of an effort to boost Connecticut's tech workforce and support an industry the state sees as a major growth opportunity, seven colleges across Connecticut are preparing to launch new technology programs. Each has been awarded grants through the state's Tech Talent Accelerator Program. That's the Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report.
2: I'm Scott Carr. Thanks, Scott. Now let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 Bloomberg affiliate radio stations around the world. Steve Potos. And on 1010 Winds in New York, we're talking about how apartment
5: rents are rising faster in Jersey City than they are in New York City.
6: I'm Courtney Donahoe on WHAS in Louisville. Starbucks plans to close more stores citing safety risks. I'm Gina Cervetti and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting
0: that Amazon warehouses near that city, New York and Orlando, are under the microscope by federal investigators who inspected the facilities yesterday.
6: I'm Carolyn Hetcombe, make DAP, Digital Radio in London, we're reporting on record-breaking temperatures in Britain as the intense heat wave disrupts transport schools and businesses. All
2: right, thank you, Caroline.
5: It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion.
7: This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. President Joe Biden's efforts to tackle surging inflation, driven in part by high energy costs, are demanding more flexibility than he might have wished. His recent meeting with Mohammed bin Salman, the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia, was arranged in hopes of boosting global oil production. Biden is also apparently relaxing his previously firm opposition to certain new fossil fuel projects in the U.S. The economic stresses caused by Russia's war on Ukraine do demand a pragmatic rebalancing of policy priorities. But this should not jeopardize the administration's climate change goals. Indeed, the current emergency only strengthens the case for a faster transition away from fossil fuels, strengthening energy security and fighting climate change can and must go together this editorial was written by the bloomberg editorial board for more bloomberg opinion please go to bloomberg.com/opinion or opin go
2: on the bloomberg terminal this has been bloomberg opinion listen for bloomberg opinion editorials every weekday at this time terminal customers can read more at opin go Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny and hot today, highs in the low 90s. Sunny, hot, humid tomorrow near 95 degrees. Afternoon showers and storms with a high near 95 on Thursday. Right now, 73 in Central Park.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are rising this morning, and European shares are now little changed. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. With S&P futures up about 28 points, Dow futures up 175, NASDAQ futures up 82, the DAX in Germany is down about a tenth of a percent. The 10-year treasury little change yield 2.98%. The yield on the two-year 3.16%. NYMEX crude oil is down three tenths percent or 32 cents at $102.28 a barrel. COMEX gold up a tenth of a percent or $2.40 at 17.12.40 an ounce. The euro 1.0255 against the dollar. British pound 1.2027 and the yen 137.62. Bitcoin this morning is up about 2%. It's at 21,800 That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John.
3: And good morning, Karen. Senate Democrats urging the White House to declare a climate emergency. The House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol, which had planned to finish its inquiry by September, will instead keep operating beyond that date because more information keeps coming in. And China vowing to take a resolute and strong response to any Taiwan visit by the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Sports, the Washington National Superstar Juan Soto wins the home run derby at the All-Star Game. Global News, 24 hours a day on air on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. and This is Bloomberg. Nathan.
2: Okay, John. Thank you. It's 548 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And we have Kit Jukes on the line with us this morning, chief FX strategist at Societe General. Just in time, Kit, with uh, news just this morning ahead of the European Central Bank meeting on Thursday that the ECB could consider a half percentage point rate hike rather than the quarter. Point that's been forecast. Uh, what do you make of this news? Is that in your forecast?
12: Uh, that's not in our forecast. What I mostly make of it is that this forward guidance we get from central banks now, with so much precision, so far out, uh, must appall the gods up on Mount Olympus who uh, laugh when we get it all wrong. Um, the, you know, fifty would have made sense if you hadn't said very firmly, we're going to do twenty-five. Um, initially, you know, we're not going to do anything until we stop our bond-buying program, then we'll do 25, and then we might do 50 after that. Now, 48 hours before the meeting, we get a wire report that they're going to talk about 50. Oh, you know, is that someone who wants to do 50, trying to, um, try, trying to get it partly priced in so that they can have a real debate about it? Is that a, a new piece of forward guidance, or is it just um, a bit shambolic? Uh, I, I would suspect, I mean, I think 50 is a good idea, frankly, but... Um, I think we'll probably get 25 in the end, but what we mostly get is too much forward guidance.
2: Well, if you say that uh, 50, po- 50 basis points is a good idea, what makes you say that? Is that something that can actually get the reins in on the uh, historically high inflation that we are seeing in the eurozone?
12: Um, I think if you're the ECB, I mean, unlike the, the, the Fed or the Bank, you, know, you have you have one job at the ECB. You're 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 not trying to manage unemployment. You're just trying to get inflation down, and inflation is way too high. Um, and the currency is, is very weak, partly because uh, because of your monetary policy. So, um, so, there's a, so you, can make a, you can make a strong case for saying we should do something now. You could make a case for saying we should do nothing because most of the inflation, our biggest inflation threat is that Nord Stream 1 doesn't come back online on, on Thursday afternoon or, or anytime soon and, and natural gas prices spike higher and then we'll have a great big recession as well as the inflation and we probably should have done nothing um, so so you could you you know, you, you could you could argue I think you could argue for nothing, you could argue for fifty, twenty five is what they'll probably do. I, I do think if you're an inflation fighting central bank at this point in time, not guessing what's gonna happen in the future too much, uh there's a pretty strong case for just getting on with whatever you're doing. The last thing you wanna do is twenty five and signal you might do fifty at your next meeting or, or some nonsense like that.
2: You get to the uh, question that I wanted to ask when you mentioned the, uh, the, the Nord Stream pipeline and the concerns over energy with the war in Ukraine going on. How much control does the ECB have over this kind of inflation when so much of it is dependent on what's happening in the war in Ukraine?
12: Even less than usual. So, I mean, you know, what you can argue that what they have control over is, is, what is to some degree the tightness of the labor market, what's happened to wage growth, you know, the, the, the strength of, of post-pandemic reopening demand, all of which we see in Europe as in the same way as we do in the United States. But the, the biggest single driver of headline inflation and probably economic activity in the next three to six months is um, how – how little or how much natural gas can get into particularly Germany's um, industry, but into Europe in general. And, and I mean, that, that's not just inflation. That's the economic cycle from here. If it gets shut off completely, uh, you know, we will, have a, we will have a major economic problem in Europe over the course of this winter.
2: Got about a minute left here, Kit, with this news coming down to 48 hours before the ECB meeting. What does it do to ECB credibility to uh, have headlines like this come out?
12: I don't think it I don't think it helps. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder whether credibility is, is necessarily so important at this kind of level is for people like us where. But, but I mean, it definitely, you know, to me, I just think there's too much attempt at pretending that the central bankers are gods and can tell us what will happen at each of the next five meetings with great certainty. The world is staying that simple.
2: Thanks for this, Kit. Again, great to get your thoughts this morning, particularly on the headlines that just crossed this morning that the ECB is considering a 50 basis point move rather than the 25 that was forecast. Kit Jukes, Chief FX Strategist at Societe Generale with us this morning. Karen.
1: Well, Nathan, it is 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Law Report. We get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger.
9: The Justice Department ruling in a case involving trucking companies says employers' no-poach agreements are inherently illegal. Johnson & Johnson General Counsel Michael Allman will retire at the end of the year. J&J announced that Elizabeth Formanard will succeed. Allman. The chief judge of New York State's Court of Appeals says the first test of virtual jury selection was a big success. 96% of the potential juror summoned actually appeared.
5: Bloomberg Law, everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com.
1: Alright, thanks, Jeff. Now another legal story we're watching. Three former JP Morgan employees are on trial in Chicago and what's the most ambitious government effort yet in a years long crackdown on spoofing and market manipulation. Spoofing, banned by law in 2010, involves huge orders that traders cancel before they can be executed in a bid to push prices in the direction they want to make their genuine trades profitable. Spoofing has emerged as a threat to market legitimacy in an era of computerized trading and the defendants are tra- with more than two dozen crimes, including racketeering and cons- racketeering conspiracy. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to James Cox, a professor at Duke Law School.
10: In this case, unlike past cases of alleged trading fraud, the prosecutors have sort of upped the ante here.
1: They're accusing the defendants of a racketeering conspiracy. That's a law you usually see more with the mafia than banks.
13: This is true. They're using the RICO and other legislation that's been passed Over the decades, it's designed to go after purposeful, intentional misconduct. We rarely see that used in most securities or commodities cases, but they're doing it in this case. And I believe it's the fact that we now find that certainly with this administration, when you look at who the U.S. attorneys are, who's at the SEC, who's at the Commodities Future Trading Commission, those are all now democratically controlled prosecutor offices. And there has been the belief that the markets have gotten more and more corrupt through a variety of practices, not just spoofing. But spoofing is one of those practices where it's rampant. And what's interesting in the case that's being prosecuted now is that part of the defense is the fact that, look, I came in, I'm a young broker here, and I saw how things were working, and people did this practice, which turns out to be spoofing, doing it all the time, and I just thought that was normal and routine process, and I had no corrupt criminal intent behind it. And that defense that everybody's doing it indicates that this is a pervasive problem.
1: Some of the witnesses that the prosecution has are going to be people who cooperated after pleading guilty. So would they be able to testify as to what the intent was?
13: Yes. You know, The, the important thing is to describe the phenomenon so the trier of fact can really understand why this is manipulative conduct and not legitimate business practices. So the witnesses are doing that. And I think that they're also going to be helpful in describing the likely mental state of the defendant in this case, that is that brokers all knew that this conduct was illegal, that it was pervasively practiced and it was a way to making money and that there were victims, not those who were practicing spoofing, but rather the traders on the other side who were innocent and were victimized by false appearances about market movements.
1: And that's James Cox, a professor at Duke Law School, speaking at the Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at B-Law Go. And we are watching the markets this morning with futures higher. S&P futures up 26 points, Dow futures up 159, and Nasdaq futures up 76. Ten-year Treasury little change. The yield 2.98 percent. And the yield on the two-year, 3.16 percent. And the euro, 1.0242 against the dollar. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. This is Bloomberg.